episode 125. My name is Justin Peach. Hey, I'm Chris. And this is the Bible Buffoons Podcast. Sorry if you hear, I guess it's a leaf blower. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, church getting little yard cut today. A little you, tidying up around here. Have you ever stifled a yawn? Like stopped it? Well, why do you say the word yawn now? I did that just now. and I Is thought it I was painful? Gonna, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> like you pressed it. Yeah. It's like I got to press that air back down. Yeah. You don't know what it is. Body's like freaking out. It's like, no, let me on. So Mary Beth says that I have like the loudest sneezes ever. You're a dad. That's part of being a dad. You sneeze extremely unnecessarily loud. I think there's science behind it. Yeah, hundred percent. Now, as soon as you birth that first child, <laughs> it's kind of like dad strength too. Yeah, it's you a just dad sneeze. It. It's a dad sneeze, dad strength. Yeah. No, uh, here's now. My wife is a nurse practitioner. She now she doesn't know a lot about sneezes. I'll tell you that much. Oh, but what? she is in the field way closer. You know. I'm not She's in that field. Adjacent. Very close sneeze adjacent. I'm so far sneeze away. Yeah, except for except for I'm a human. Yeah. And I do it. You do it. My brain says I sneeze loud. And she's like, why do you got to sneeze so loud? And I think, kind of like your stifled yawn yeah. comment. Don't hold it in. If I hold it in and I try to suppress it, it's kind of like um, water out of a garden hose. Yeah. You put your thumb on it, it gets more power. It's because you're stopping it. Yeah, I feel like that's what the sneeze is going to do inside my body yeah. if I don't let it rip. Yeah, like if I try to hold it and be quiet, then I feel like it's good. It might, might come out. It yeah. might come out the backside. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so, I might hurt my hurt my back. I yeah. may hurt something else. Is, the energy has to go somewhere. Yes. Yeah. And if I don't let it out, I chew. Yeah. Then it's gonna ricochet in my body, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna hurt myself. All right, two thoughts. One, <laughs> yes, Kate, I'm a genius, and yes, I, yeah. <laughs> Katie doesn't sneeze like we do. She does some sort of internal thing, and See? I for years have been like, "You're gonna explode." You, you, she 100 gonna explode. Is gonna explode. Yes. <laughs> number number two though, why do we say a chew? Because we definitely do. Have never done a chew. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Now he's yawning. <laughs> Drink my coffee. Talk about sneezes. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I sneeze that hard, but I feel like I have to. It feels good to just let it rip. I don't want to. I don't like sneezing. When I get in that, when we get the pollen time, yeah. when we get that a PT, I don't like it. <laughs> and, and it's always like, why are you sneezing? It's like she's mad at me that I sneeze. I'm like, do you think I want to sneeze? I'm happy if I never sneeze another day in my life. This is an involuntary human reaction. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with farts too, though. You kind of get that same deal of like, why? It's like, I don't know. My body has to do it. I feel like you can kind of either celebrate or or conceal a a toot, though. Unlike a sneeze where I'm just going to let it go. Oh, you you could. You don't really have to go all in on a... When you're ripping one. No, the same. Now, if we were to talk about gases and like energy like that, for sure. <laughs> but I, I think I do the same thing too with that. Just, I got to let it rip or it's going to. 
You don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't want to find out what happens. It took us, uh, I think. All right, y'all. If, we I'm, are if, f- I'm, if I'm correct, I think it took us 125 episodes to talk about farts. That can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> y'all, happy new year. We're five minutes in, and this has been a spectacular episode. Oh, boy. Um, I'm... I'm I'm here for it. I'm okay to cancel what we have planned and just talk about farts and burps. Uh, it's really about health, health and wellness. It's a new year, a new you. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Health N- and wealth? Negative. See, I don't. You know, I don't either. Well, hey, it's good to have Chris back. Hey, I'm here. It's been two, three weeks. Sorry, folks. Oh, just down with the sickness and we travels, had, and we had the COVID, and then we were out of town. How many times have you all had the COVID now? Uh, as a family, three separate instances. So my poor wife has gotten COVID twice, days before Christmas. Yeah, like, 2020, the original COVID. Uh huh. She was sick for Christmas. I remember we came in Carol at your house. Yeah, we had just moved in like the month before that. And then this year, a couple days before Christmas, she I it again. Uh, our house has not had it yet. And then Charlie got it one time in or, between those two. Or we don't know. Yeah, and just have it tested. Yeah, but. I don't know, man. I think we've all had it at this it, point. Right? We just didn't get sick enough to know. See, like Katie was really sick. That's what, yeah. And so, and, and so was Jude, right? Anything. Jude got COVID from Katie, but it lasted was, seven years. Was asymptomatic. We didn't know oh. he had COVID until he got strep, and <laughs> they, they took him strep in, and came in, and they said, "Yeah, he's positive for strep and COVID." We're like, "Oh, you can have those two together?" <laughs> I guess so. Dang. Well. So we had a had a COVID Christmas and a strep throat New Year. It's fun. It's great. We're still here. This is the fourth, right? This is the fourth. You guys will hear this on the fifth. Yeah. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year. Yeah. Everybody's healthy now. So good. I'm thankful for that. Good. We were at your house last night, so I hope so. Yes. I hope everyone's healthy. Uh, our son was over at your house for twelve hours, I think, yesterday. I think it made my wife really happy because just to have somebody to play with. Dude. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Um. Hey, I want to give a shout out. Uh, this is gonna sound bad. I don't know your name, sir. Uh, your son's name is David. Uh, you know, you meet people at. We went to the beach last Jesse. week. Maybe we went to the beach last week. Uh, and that was fun. Uh, and then you know, you sit in the hot tub and kids are playing, and then you end up talking to another dad because our kids are playing. And he Christian guy, Christian family. They're from. Uh, kind of forgot where they're from. Maybe it's somewhere in Georgia. Okay. Uh, son's name is David, about right. six years old. But we started talking, and he does tech arts for his church. Nice. Volunteers. Yeah, we kind of got in that. And then <clears throat> I said, hey, won't you, do you listen to the podcast? He goes, I do. I said, listen to mine. I saw him the next day. He goes, I subscribed, buddy. <laughs> so I got a new guy. I forget your name. Maybe he's why the numbers are up. Maybe he's just Maybe he listened to way. all of them. Maybe he listened to 124. Yeah. Hey, good for him. Uh, I'll take it. Um, I'm sad. We did not get North Dakota. You know what? There's always this year. There's always 2023, and we're starting off week one. We're at 52 of these babies this year. Uh, is this a new season? Season four? This will be season four. Look at that. Congrats to us. Congrats to us. Um, don't ask us how we did that. We just did it by the year. Yeah. It's not really by anything else. Um, all right. Well, let's get into it. We don't have anything else. I don't know. Oh, there was something I was going to bring up. That wasn't toots or yawns or sneezes. I don't know. 
Uh, I hope you guys have a good new year. Uh, woo. Traditions, all that fun stuff. Yeah. We we did a little block party. You were there for a little bit. Yeah. We just did like a little, hey, everyone bring a chair and sit in the yard. A little gathering. Let's like just kids kinda, run around. Kids run around, do crazy things. I think your kid hit my kid with a broom on the trampoline. trampoline. Yeah. Why? I mean, not why did he hit him. I understand probably why he hit him. It's a game. Why is a broom on a trampoline? I have a guess. Yeah. Have you been to Surge, the trampoline park? Yeah, for your, for Jude's birthday. You know, the oh. arm thing? I bet they were trying to recreate that. Oh. And got a little it's gonna, out of hand. And it's going to get out of hand. And it's a broom and not a giant padded fluffy thing. <laughs> the broom is bent. I don't know when that bent broom happened, but I was like, okay. But we're all good. All is well. All is well. All right. So we talked the other day, listeners, about um, maybe getting back into like a series. Selfishly, Chris and I like series. We like to know what we're doing for the next three or four, five, six weeks, just because that helps us out. We're not sitting here. A week in advance, days in advance, hours in advance, trying to be like, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> uh, so we're going to start this series. So we got an office full of books. I've been doing youth ministry for 14, 15 years, whatever it may be. I got a lot of stuff. So there's a book that I've been wanting to teach again. I haven't taught on this, I think, in maybe seven, eight years. Mm. Um, and the book is from, how old is this book? I think this book came out in 2001. So this book is 20-something years old. Um, it's by a guy. You guys may have heard of him if you've been around church. Andy Stanley, uh, kind of a well-known preacher down there. Uh, Georgia? Georgia, I North think. North Point? North Point. Is that what it's it is? Like in, it's like in suburban Atlanta. I think. Uh-huh, Marietta, I think. Yeah, up north. Yeah. Uh-huh, kind of out there. Uh, they do the Orange Conference stuff, and we go up there sometimes. Uh, anyways, it's a book called The Seven Checkpoints. Now, this book is made for adults and teenage, or adults and youth ministers to kind of help guide teenagers. But as we kind of went through it the other day, it's like, oh, this is stuff that everyone needs to hear. Yeah. Um, this is not kids' stuff. Uh but um, it's a seven checkpoints. I don't know if we're going to get through all seven. Mm-hmm. Some of these we may or may not. Because uh, some have to deal with more teenager things. And we're, we are we are not um, teenagers. But Unfortunately. Or be- maybe fortunately. I don't know. Would you go back right now and do high school again? All right. What are the circumstances? Do I have the, all the inf- knowledge that I have now? You have... Uh, or do I go back and just literally do it again? You go, you go back blind. I think I'd say no. Really? Yeah. It was but, pretty, it was, there was some there was some iffy times <laughs> as to whether I was going to make it through. So I don't want to chance it again. <laughs> uh, I absolutely loved high school. I would go back and do it blind right now. I would like to go back with adult knowledge. Yeah. If I went back. back with what I got now, I'd, I'd kill it. I'd crush it. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think kids are mean. I think you'd think that you could crush it. I have no idea, but that's Anyways. what I think. All right. Well, uh, we don't have that luxury of finding out. Not yet. Not until um, Elon Musk makes that happen <laughs> at some point. Um, but all right. So we're going to go through the seven <laughs> checkpoints. Um, maybe not all seven of them. And not seven of them today. We're going to do one at a time here <laughs> for it. Um, but the first one, the very first checkpoint. If you want to get this book, you can go on Amazon. It's pretty cheap. It's called The Seven Checkpoints. Um, pretty easy. 
Stuart Hall and Andy Stanley for youth leaders. Yeah, North Point Community Church. That's what it says in here. Um, all right, we're going to talk about kind of this first one. Uh, uh, and in this is talking about your authentic, real faith. Mm-hmm. That it is very important when we talk to students or young believers or even ourselves, really, especially maybe even like our kids. That's probably a better way to put this. You guys aren't youth ministers, but a lot of you listening are parents of wanting your kids to have real authentic faith. Um, I want that. Yeah. I mean, I personally want to have real authentic faith, but I want to see my kids have that. Yeah. They kind of grow. So if there's a real authentic faith, by the math equation, there has to be a non-authentic. There has to be a fake faith in there. And I think that's kind of the battle that we try to fight with is where are we fully living our lives? What is the definition of faith? Is going to church, does that mean that you have faith? Is it kind of this bigger body here? So I would disagree with that a little bit in that... What do you mean disagree with what? uh, Your math equation. So uh, I would say that authentic faith is just faith and any faith that isn't authentic isn't actually faith at all it is okay i was ready to argue but that's a <laughs> but that's a pretty good one you know faith is faith and faith has to come so there's from, not gonna be a negative faith it's it's just not faith at all like yeah, that word yeah. definition is not even in there if your yeah. faith isn't yes. really yours yeah um uh then it's not faith at all is what i would say so like you're talking about kids and yeah, like this is super important to us, uh, not just as ministers, particularly in your role, like yeah. how you're shepherding mm-hmm. these teenagers yep. from wherever they are to wherever they are going to be when you're done yeah. with them. Uh, but as dads too, like there's going to be this transition point in, in our kids' lives where we've got to do the work now when they're little to try yes. to give them foundations of faith. But really what we're giving them are seeds of our faith. But at some point, they've got they to transition to. that into their own faith. Yeah, that's that. And I say this in my parent meeting we do every year. Like my goal in our student ministry is when your teen is out of sixth or twelfth grade and he graduates, he can go off to college or work or military or whatever it is, the next stage in life, and he or she can say what is their faith yeah and it's not tied to parents Mm. that's great right like if you have great 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 grandparents that were preachers and this and that and faithful people and you're like hey it's tied to good i'm glad you have that role model that's a good foundation that's a good foundation but that can't be your foundation fully yeah that's going to be tools to help you uh scaffolding yeah uh to help you build your own yeah up um in that yeah, and that's scary mm-hmm. too. You think about your kids because you're like, well, let me just do it all. Yeah, but you got to let them fall. You got to let them question. You got to let them uh, um, do all those things to figure out what their faith is. Because at at their age, and I would say a lot of Christians do the same thing. A lot of adult human beings do the same thing. That their faith is very circumstantial, and we mm-hmm. talk about this, I think, a lot. Yeah, but it's. Very circumstance, like I will go, if it's good for me, then it's good for me. If it's bad for me, then it's not real. Yeah. Right. I don't, it's hard to kind of teach that. Yeah. That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. 
uh, man, this is not in, in the notes or anything that we had kind of prepared to talk about, but you said something that I think is really important. Uh, you said you got to allow them to fall. You got to allow them to question. Yeah. Like, I think there's a fear around that. Like questioning. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, but like any sort of authentic expression of faith in God, uh, has to be tested. Yeah. You know, and, and proven to be true. And I believe, and I think that you believe that God is big enough to stand up to our questions. And I think the, hey, act, the read the Psalms, <laughs> the opposite, read the Bible. The opposite of that is actually the danger. If you, Oh, if oh, you for real present this as an unquestionable, we've got answers to every question that a child could ever come up with. And there's a, we can find the trail, you know, yeah. One day they'll come to the end of that and then they're not going to know what to do. Well, but, because that's not faith, right? Right. Like it's, we're doing this big circle. Uh, cause that's not faith. Yeah. I, I, I preached on this at one point and I try to tell our parents this, that like questioning the Bible is a good thing. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean it's a lack of faith. That doesn't mean they're falling away from their faith. It doesn't mean that they don't believe anymore. Um, you gotta, you gotta question things. Yeah. And I think a big thing for parents, and this is where, again, you know, where my job role, you know, gets into a little bit. is I get parents scared to death about questions because mm-hmm. they're afraid I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to mess up. I don't have the answers. And I think we need to normalize being like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know, but Hey, let's do some research together. Let me, Hey, I'll, Hey, I'll come back with you tomorrow and I'm gonna do my own work. And I want, I don't have the answer, but let me help find it. As, as a minister, as a dad, (laughs) as a follower of Jesus, that has been one of the most freeing things for me personally is the, permission to say you know what i don't know <laughs> yeah you know what and i'm gonna I'm do I'm, my best i'm willing to put the work to, to go into this with you not knowing yeah um but i don't know because you know what there's a lot of things i don't know <laughs> right yeah well and we don't want our kids to think that like one that we know everything that's that that was the biggest realization you get older and you have kids and then you look at, back at your parents and you're like they didn't know what they were doing either <laughs> yeah. i should have cut them some slack yeah um, cause I want my kids to cut me some slack. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing either. Um, but when it comes to faith issues saying like, Hey, I don't really know. One of the cool things that we do with our students, which I'm gonna do sometime this year is we do a series called you ask for it yeah. and we give them index cards and we say, you can literally write down any question. And we might answer two or three one night. We might answer one one night. It, yeah. it, may, it may be a deep question, right? Question, yeah. Right. And it's something like, well, my dog's be in heaven, right? Just little stuff yeah. like that. We had one years ago. It was like, when do I get my angel wings? It's like, yeah. well, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're not. You're not an angel. Yeah, I know. TV says that angels in the outfield. You start watching that. that. Yeah, you might think you, but you start going through some of those. And there's some where it's like I can't just take some of those and just say, oh, I have the answer. Sometimes yeah. I gotta go deep with it and, and do some study. Um, but yeah, having this idea. So so putting somewhat on a, a bow on this, but this idea of having this real authentic faith yeah. means that we are going to help our students um, work away that circumstantial faith. When things are bad, then, oh, my faith's not there. 
my faith is not there or I, I thought God was good. Then why did this happen? Um, I remember being a kid and being like, God, if you can hear me, turn the lights off. <laughs> and he didn't do it. And I was like, I guess he can't hear me. It's like, <laughs> he got bigger things to do than yeah. me with these light switch. Right. Or yeah. God help me with this test. Yeah. And then if I didn't pass that test, well then that math equation, which I didn't learn cause I failed that test is <laughs> well then God's not there. Yeah. I asked and he didn't receive mm-hmm. or I didn't receive. He didn't give. So God's not there. And that's what this like circumstantial in this book. They talk about two different ways that we kind of shatter our faith. Uh, one being poor choices. Mm-hmm. So this idea that we make poor choices uh, and then there's guilt involved mm-hmm. and to get rid of that guilt. It says there's, there's about two things that can happen. One um, here it says if, if a students can convince themselves that there is nothing wrong with what they are doing, their guilt is greatly diminished. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that, that guilt is not, Hey, I'm sorry for what I did. God, I'm sorry for this. I want to repent. I want to do better. I want to actively try to do this. Well, let me just then say what I did. Wasn't that wrong anyways. Yeah. So I don't have guilt anymore. And so, Oh, well, who cares? So making poor choices continually and not seeing the significance in that will lead to some you know shattered faith. Mm-hmm. I thought this would happen, but it didn't, right? Um, and then the other one is um, when you have, uh, what does it say? Oh, unexplainable tragedy. Yeah. That's the other big one. Yeah. Big things, sickness, death, job loss, having to move schools or move towns. Like that yeah. can be something really big. Um, and that challenges faith too. Yeah. One of the things that really jumped out as we were kind of getting ready mm-hmm. for today um, that I think ties in with what you're talking about. It's like, what do we even, what do we even mean when we, when we're talking about faith? And because like, yeah. if you just say, have faith in God, like that's pretty vague. Right. And because well, like I could say, I have faith in Justin. Well, what is, what am I actually saying? Yeah. I guess I'm saying I have faith that you're going to do the things you said you were going to do, yeah. that you're going to be the kind of person that you say you uh-huh. are. Um, so like it's, it's helpful to me when we talk about faith in the Christian context, like what do we have faith in? Because if I have an incorrect definition Mich- of my faith, directly relating to what you're talking about. So if I have faith that God's going to give me everything I want, that I'm going to be healthy, that I'm going to make money, that Mm -hmm. I'm going to achieve all the things that I want in my life. If that's what I have faith in God in, then my faith is misplaced and misidentified. Yeah. So what does faith in the Christian (laughs) context actually mean? I think it means that God is who he says he is as Mm -hmm. revealed in scripture. Yep. He's going to do the things that he has promised he's going to do yep. that Jesus is who yes, he says yeah, he is yeah. and did the things he said he did according to scripture. And that our hope is beyond what we see in this life. Like yeah, that's your faith has to be rooted in biblical truth yes. and not some imagination that you've decided upon yourself <laughs> are the things that God owes you. Oh, good. If that makes sense. Not that, that, yeah. It, if you don't have, I think about it, this is why I think it's such a big deal to start this with teens and kids and younger. If your definition of faith is off by two degrees, yeah. go 20 years down the road and that's super yeah. far apart, right? Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's yeah. super far apart than what it should be. And you're thinking, well, no, it's 
We're close. It's we're close. close. Yeah. You keep building on that. Yeah. I mean, you know, you guys have uh, uh, built with sticks and things. And if you build that, you know, Jenga tower and it's a little, ah, it's not too bad. Then it's going to topple over because yeah. it eventually is going to be that. And so at a young age, and if you're a young Christian or maybe you are an old Christian, you've been doing this longer than I've been alive. And you may be like, Oh no, I had the wrong definition of faith. Yeah. Um, and I could tell cause it was, it was in works. It yeah. was in this, it was in giving, it was in attendance. It was, that's how I viewed my relationship with God was in those things and not in who God is. What has he done? Uh, he is a promise maker and a promise keeper and he yeah. will do those things. Um, and then relying on that and not relying on what is happening around you to, uh, um, sway whether you believe or not. Yeah. Um, cause if that happens, you'll be back and forth. All day, every day. Look at the read. <laughs> read the Daggum Bible. Like <laughs> about. Uh, think if you were Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Would he not be like? Well, God surely is not there. Yeah. My brothers just sold me yeah. <laughs> into slavery. Like I'm not there. Think about Noah building the ark forever, but God promised it's going to rain, and yeah. it did. Moses. Like there's story and story of people where if they did their circumstantial faith at that moment, you would read that story and go, Job, yeah. uh, different. You read that story and go, what in the world yeah. is happening? Um, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Um, our, our faith needs to be rooted. You're right. Really in one thing, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And if you try to build your faith on something else other than Jesus, it's going to fall down. Yep. It's going to fail. Yeah. In that. And then the other, other thing that that I thought was really good um, is faith. Christian faith is not theoretical or abstract. Oh yeah, um, Christian faith comes alive in the follower of Jesus in action. It actually affects how we make decisions and live our lives. And so, if my faith is real then all of a sudden I have this whole new way of looking at the world. Absolutely. That doesn't play by the world's rules. There right? should be a, a, a tangible difference in who you are. Yeah. Like outside people, like the deeper you get spiritually, I'm on, I want to make sure I believe what I'm about to say. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure I'm over here. I, Cause I had a lot of conviction in that statement and I don't even know if I believe it. I, I, Okay, I think I do. Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear your thoughts, Chris. If you are believing in Jesus Christ and you are getting deeper into yours, if you are growing spiritually, yeah. let's just say it that way, every year, it's a brand new year. We don't care about days and times, but it's a brand new year. Your 2023 should look different than 2022. Like it should, like the way that you spend your time, your money, your resources how you talk to people, treat people, all of that should look. Now, that doesn't mean that in 2022 you were a bad person, but I think as you grow spiritually, I think your life changes as it should. And so you, there might need to be tangible. You might need to look at your bank you know, statement and go, this is how much I gave yeah. or look at your Google calendar. Was it all about me or was it about other people? Was it mm. serving? Like you could, you can look at some ways yeah. and go, what did I spend my time listening to, reading to, doing? That should change. I absolutely agree with that. Oh, yay. Uh, with the caveat that you already included, if you're growing spiritually. Yes. 
if you're not growing spiritually, don't expect anything to change. <laughs> it's going to look exactly the same but or if, worse. If you are deep and this whole life, man, this whole, this whole path of following Christ is this like eternal journey into the heart of God. So yeah. like the further you walk down that path, the deeper you will get into it. And yeah, man, that's going to form you. Yeah. That's going to form your decision-making. It's going to form your spending habits. Mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. If you're growing in your faith, there are a lot of people who are not growing in their faith. Yeah. Um, and that should be a challenge to you. Like if you look back over the last 10 years and nothing has changed, well, one, What's what are up? you, well, <laughs> true, right? Yeah. One, what are you doing to change? Again, if you do the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, come on now. Yeah. That's not going to happen. You have to change something. <clears throat> I can't be eating Mickey D's every single day and be like, I ain't losing weight. Like, yeah. we'll stop eating McDonald's every day. <laughs> right? Um, McDonald's is good. Um, uh, but yeah. Well, wanting to change. So look at this year, look at how, okay, how, what, what am I doing to change? I'll talk about this sometimes is that we are all kind of like hot air balloons. Mm. Hot air balloons are always going up, always going down. Never still. Never the same altitude. Yeah. Now maybe very little bit, but are you growing spiritually or are you not? Yeah. You're not just being stagnant. You're doing yeah. something. Um, and that's forming our faith and it's forming. And as you get older, you know, when we talk about this circumstantial, authentic faith, having that is kind of having a bigger view of things, Yeah, uh, of looking bigger at the picture. Um, and that's hard for kids. Uh -huh. Like it's hard for adults, but it's also hard for kids to say, Hey, we're going to Disney in three months. Yeah. They're like, is that tomorrow? Yeah. What's three months? What's three months like? It seems like a lifetime away. Like, is it? I don't understand. Right. So wait, we don't tell our kids we're going to do something until like we're about to do it. We're in the car. You're like, let's go now. Yeah. Uh, because they're going to ask about it 500 times. They, they don't get right. And it's hard to be like, Hey, as a teenager, you want to make good grades and for this and for that, because in college and then you get this, yeah. and then, Hey, that's 10 years down the road. And you're like, why do I care about 10 years down the road? Yeah. That's right. Tough. Right, right, and so there's that's that. that. That's why I think I could dominate high school if I went back now because I would have that perspective. <laughs> yeah, because so many dumb decisions you make are because you can only see five minutes ahead of you. Well, we talked last night, right? It's yeah. also soft brain. That's yeah. what we talked about on here. That's right. You get that baby but, soft brain, yeah, the right. dumb soft brain you make. But the 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 frame and reference for kids is so much smaller, and for adults too. We're we're not bright. Uh, but that shapes our faith in what is happening now. And, and again, just think about the stories in the Bible and you're like, Oh, 40 years in the desert. That should hit us. Like when I say, if I got to wait four minutes at a drive through, I'm losing my mind. And then like 40 years in the desert, then to be called back to slit and then spend another 40 years. Like, yeah. come on now. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, put, put things into perspective. I think will help your faith journey um, that we don't get pushed by the waves and the wind. Like right. we, we, we don't let that affect our bigger. Now we hopefully when, when you spiritually mature, you will see those things and those things will help you see God and you know, maybe in a new light in a different way when it is um, unexplainable tragedy, 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 trilogy, then you can look at that and say, Oh no, I could see God in this. Yeah. I could see God moving or maybe 
five years down the road, I can look back at that and see God yeah. working and moving. Yeah. Right. Like maybe that, that, that's how it grows there in that, but authentic faith, authentic faith, having it on Jesus, let him be the foundation of that. Questioning is not bad. Mm-mm. Questioning will, will only strengthen. Right. There's a, um, a guy I, I say, go follow him on the Twitters. Uh, Sean McDowell. His dad is very famous. I was going to say, it sounds familiar. He's famous. He's written some books. His dad's a big apologetics. Okay. Written lots of books. Well, Sean was a rebellious teenager. He spoke at one of the conferences we were at. Uh, uh, he is a, he was a big, um, rebellious teenager. His dad's writing all these scholarly biblical apologetic books. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe any of that crap. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going to go and to go disprove my dad. So he goes straight into it and then comes away with a stronger faith yeah, because that, that never works out well <laughs> because he questioned it Yeah. and he questioned it hard. And now he's the one writing books and he's the one teaching at universities. Uh, Cause he's like, no, the, I, I tried to question it. You tested it. You tried it. Yeah. And it came out worthy. Yeah. That's good. And it always will. Yes. That's what I have faith in. Yeah. Oh, good job. Good job. Well, hey, we started something, uh, uh, and by we, I mean Justin Peach uh, and Chris is going to do it today. It was a great idea, though. The past this few episodes. the Bible Buffoons podcast. The past few episodes, I, I ended, I think, with Psalm 63, part of Psalm 66, I think. Um, we're not going to read a psalm today, but a little bit of Hebrews 11. We're talking about, this is the, the hall of faith. Yes. Right? Uh, this is like it. Um, yeah. So go back and read Hebrews. Hebrews is a good, is a, a great book. But Chris is going to read, I don't know what you say, 13, 14 verses? Yeah, I'm going to read one, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1 through 14. It's going to be a little longer, but I'll try to get through it pretty quick. I think that's great. Um, hey, review, like, subscribe. Come on, y'all. North Dakota, the year. This is the year of the North Dakota. <laughs> um, this is it. This is it. I, bl- I believe in you. And let's 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 do it in January. Okay. Let's get it done. And we have a new test. That's big goals. That's very big goals. Um, But hey, do all those things. We love you. We'll see you next week. When Chris is done reading that, we'll say peace out. Um, We'll be done with it. Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it, our ancestors won God's approval. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was made from things that are not seen. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts, and even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away, and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away, for before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, after he was warned about what was not yet seen and motivated by godly fear, built an ark to deliver his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and set out for a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he stayed as a foreigner in the land of promise, living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, co-heirs of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. 
By faith, even Sarah herself, when she was unable to have children, received power to conceive offspring, even though she was past the age, since she was considered that the one who had promised was faithful. Therefore, from one man, in fact, from one as good as dead, came offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and as innumerable as the grains of sand along the seashore. These all died in faith, all they had not received the things that were promised, but they saw them coming from a distance greeted them, and confessed that they were foreigners and temporary residents on the earth. Now those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. We'll see y'all. Bye, friends.